0: Welcome to Cavs a podcast. I'm Nate Smith, and I am here with. This is where you jump in.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, Chris <laughs> Francis here. Uh, yeah, I'm glad making to, glad his to join
0: you. Yeah, making his podcast debut with Cavs a podcast. So <laughs> that's right. He's been he's been holding down the fort um, on the on the live threads and the recaps, and I cannot thank you enough, Chris, for all the awesome work you've been doing. So I really appreciate it and. Um, just keeping the spirit of CTB alive is a lot of us have, uh, either burnt out or had a lot of real life, um, you know, interruptions that have kept us from doing all the, all the work we want to do on CTB. And, and, you know, as, as we've talked about this season, like, you know, I think last week there was five games in seven days. That is so... It is insane. It is yeah, so hard to keep up with. So I'm yeah. I'm very thankful for you. And thanks for all the hard work you've been doing. And we were just talking because I was talking about kind of how I became a Cavs fan. So I... When I was growing up in Alaska, my best friend was a Cavs fan. And I was a Celtics fan. So I... <laughs> Always, we would always play the you know NBA Jam or NBA Live, um, you know 2K. Well, it wasn't even called 2K then, but it was. Uh, <laughs> Sega didn't even have a basketball game back then, so NBA Live by EA was was what everybody played. So I was always the Celtics, and because I love those Larry Bird teams. Kevin McHale was my favorite player. Oh, there um, you go. and. I was always a Celtics fan and he was always the Cavs. So he was always, he would just bomb away. He was like Steph Curry in 1994 with Mark Price on on the old NBA (laughs) live. It just come down, bang a three, like man ahead of his time. So, you know, it was Price and Doherty and hot rod Williams and Larry Nance. And he knew all the guys, all the lineups and I knew all the Celtics. So we would just, we would just play each other all the time. So I knew all the, Cavs and I had been following him the, th- over the years through him. And, you know, this was back before League Pass and back before it was a lot harder to follow the NBA back then oh, <laughs> if man. you were all the way across the country. So you would oh. basically, you would get up the next morning and you would look at the box score yes. on your uh, in your newspaper and then you would like, <laughs> oh, that guy must have had a really good game. Or you would, if you... <laughs> if you had cable if you were lucky enough to have cable you would have uh sports center but
1: yep and that yeah, that can...
0: wasn't always ubiquitous and then there was a uh a weekly highlight show called the sports machine um and and you would watch that and sometimes you'd be like oh you you got a good clip on there so it was it was really interesting. And then I moved here in 2000 and then in 2003, after the Cavs drafted LeBron, they traded like two of my three favorite players on the Celtics to the Cavs. And, um, I was like, Eric Williams was my favorite player on the Celtics at the time. And they traded him to the Cavs. And I was like, well, I, there's nobody left on the Celtics. I like, you know, I was a fan of those Paul Pierce, uh, uh, Oh, uh, what was Walker's first name? Oh, Antoine, Ant- Antoine yeah, Walker yeah. teams, you know, the late nineties. And, mm-hmm. and then they just, they kind of petered out. And I was like, well, I'm just going to be a Cavs fan now. I've, they've switched. I'm here. I get to watch the games. So, you know, I, I was b- big into Bill Simmons then. And one of the rules of fandom was, <laughs> which seems so silly now. Um, If you grew up in a town that didn't have a sports team, and you move somewhere, you're allowed to switch teams from the town you grew up with. So, absolutely. I was like, okay, yes. I'm yes. allowed. So, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> then ever since then, I, I was a Cavs fan and, you know, got into Cavs the blog when it first started. And I think about two or three years after they started, uh, I started writing for them and it's probably been, it, wow. it's probably been close to 10 years now. I've been wow. writing for them, which is yeah. crazy. Wow. Uh, maybe eight or nine. I gotta go back and look. I, but yeah, it's, yeah.
1: I'm, I mean, it's been five <laughs> years, four or five years since I've been on Cavs the blog. It's been you, Tom, uh, Evil uh, Genius. Yeah, yeah. Ben, Evil Genius, yeah. uh, David Wood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I know I'm forgetting other names, but oh yeah. I mean, you, you, you guys, Eli. There, yeah. Oh yeah, right, right. Yeah, it, and uh, I was just thinking, uh, you know the the 26 uh the 2016 championship you're allowed to have a hangover right ctb is allowed to have a hangover
0: oh for sure and but it's also like i think the other thing is we've just all gotten older all have you know kids tom's got Mm -hmm. tom's got enough for a starting five now so oh gosh (laughs) so yeah it's it's definitely it's been different but it's been a really fun ride and I'm looking for... I'm loving you and, you know, Adam Cathcart getting involved and writing stuff. And...
1: Well, we really... (laughs) I just appreciate uh, just having a place to get together and talk. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah.
1: I'm so thankful and grateful to you guys for the opportunity and just keeping the place alive and just letting, you know, (laughs) it's family, you know, it's, it's a home away from home family.
0: Oh yeah. And it's fun to have a place to talk about the game for sure. Cause it's like, right. Yes. It's like Twitter is, you know, I think I heard – the the quote I heard on Twitter today was, anything you post on Twitter, the automatic reaction is pu- somebody's got to hate it.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Like, Instantly. Yes. It's yes. the
0: knee jerk, I hate this, and that's what I – love about ctb is like we're we're, we're touting 12 year old technology <laughs> yes you know well, it's very much a throwback and it has been yes i mean even when it started the well, comment section was pretty darn rudimentary and and it's definitely improved but it's still you know it's not twitter which we pride ourselves on i think
1: (laughs) yes well i I would also say though um at the same time i love the old school aesthetic but also at the same time you guys were kind of ahead of the curve with like looking at advanced stats and you know yeah i mean like you guys were i i was against it you know when i first you know joined ctb you know and started participating and, you know, you guys were all, I mean, you guys were talking about that stuff for years, you know.
0: Oh, well, yeah. And we had a sister site for a while, uh, Got Buckets, which was basically we were tracking APM and RPM, not RPM, it was RapM. Yeah. Then right. at the time. And it was, you know, and that was a lot of fun. And it, it, it ended up being, um, just, Yeah, just kind of part of the natural conversation. It's kind of funny because we've kind of reverted back to being behind the curve a little bit now just because we're just like – we did it for so long and it's like, ah, it's so hard to keep up with, you know, all the Uh advances uh and everything. I mean, and and you've been great about bringing the EPM and tracking Mm -hmm. the EPM and – he well, was
1: inspired by you guys honestly like <laughs> yeah. i, I kind of got into it and then on well and another guy that inspired it honestly was jb bickerstaff himself oh okay um, uh he he uh he talked about uh impact on winning as a barometer for judging what happens on the court for the Cavs this year and mm-hmm. it, when he said that the immediate uh it was a, a the, the immediate reaction i had was impact metrics that's that must be what they're looking at if that's what the determining factor so
0: determining what is impact factor. metrics
1: um just plus minus as oh, a catch. Okay. i mean oh, yes. okay exactly yeah. every any plus minus metric yeah yeah, yeah. on impact the floor metric. off
0: the floor you yep. know whether whether you're whether yep. you're correlating or Correcting for people you're on the floor with your opponent, etc. But yeah,
1: exactly. Core, it's yeah. a core. It's team success. It's yeah. a measure of team success and how an individual, uh, how an individual contributes.
0: Yeah, and which is a really interesting segue into tonight's game.
1: <laughs> there you
0: go. Which was a super fun game. Like yes. one of the yes. more fun games we've had in a while. It and was. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I mean the Cavs went to overtime, but they were. Mm-hmm excuse me running a seven man rotation yeah most of the night and when you do that you're just gonna run out of gas eventually and i and i think the whole plan was let's give it all we got tonight see how Mm -hmm. far see kind of use this as a barometer against a Mm -hmm. really good team and Mm-hmm. Right now, the Suns are the best team in the NBA, I believe. Yes. Unless did the Jazz pass them again, they've been neck uh, and they neck. They were
1: tied, so I mean, but they have the tiebreaker. Yeah, 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 and they have the tiebreaker. Yep, yeah, right. they
0: have yeah. the head-to-head matchup. So, yeah, it was super fun game. The Cavs played really well. Um, mm-hmm. it, yes, <laughs> a career night for Isaac Okoro. And and kind of the goofy thing is all the plus minus stats are are super skewed, right? Because the <laughs> I've ne- what was it? Somebody posted on Twitter said I've never seen a whole minute of garbage time in an overtime. And <laughs> w- what was it? The the Suns basically went on a fifteen zero run to start yes. overtime. Yeah, and- it's
1: uh, twenty to four. Twenty to four total on overtime there, which uh,
0: which just skews all the plus minus stats. It does, yeah, uh, <laughs> out of blows them out of the water. But it, it was still a really good game um, from this, you know, for four quarters. Mm-hmm. Um, super fun. Uh, the guy that played just out of his mind. I I don't think anybody would argue that this was far and away his best game of the year. Was Isaac Okoro who just. A scored like a madman, 32 mm-hmm. points, six assists. He did have one turnover, three rebounds. I mean, he, and this is the crazy thing 10 of 16 from the floor, three of four from three, and nine and nine at the line, which he'd always been a real, I mean, it was, this was like otherworldly for him given his priors. I mean, it was phenomenal. Yes. This was it, huge. So, yeah. I mean,
1: you could argue he went, he literally went toe to toe with Devin Booker. That's Oh, what for sure. He went toe to toe with Devin Booker,
0: and was guarding is. him a lot of the time too. Yep, so. you're
1: right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, he's he got one more point than Booker. He got one more assist than Booker. You know, he went toe. To, you know, he really went toe to toe with him. And uh, you can't say that he played worse than Booker tonight.
0: No. And the, the other really interesting thing about how this game kind of shaped up was if you look at the game as a whole, you know, Colin Sexton, um, who, you know, the, (laughs) the most polarizing player on the Cavs. I don't think anybody would argue that, but 29 points tonight, uh, but it took him 24 shots to do it, which isn't the worst, you know, 11 to 24 from the, from the field. Um, 7 yeah, assists, 7 rebounds, which is a good number for him, yes, but then 5 yep. turnovers. But the crazy thing about it was down the stretch, the oh. Cavs offense just fell apart when they took Isaac Okoro out. Yeah. Which I've just never even seen before. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it,
1: you're you're right because honestly, if you look at like one of the big stories about Sexton this year has been his clutch time performances have been actually very good uh really good. Like I think he was, you know, near the top of the league in scoring in clutch time situations.
0: Yeah, but it wasn't you know, to be fair, it wasn't clutch when Sexton was really struggling. It was right, right. you know that early fourth. And mm-hmm. it's weird. I thought Okoro was out, but the box score shows him playing all 12 minutes. So they just were parking him in a corner. But the insane thing was Fourth quarter, he goes five of five, 11 points, one assist, no turnovers. Like, they should have been putting the ball in his hands a lot more rather than, you know, Osman one of four from the, you know, Isaac Okoro was the best calf on the floor. He was the best player on the floor tonight. For four he quarters.
1: I mean, well, I, I have to give that to CP3. <laughs>
0: well, I would say for four oh, quarters for the and then overtime. Yeah. No, I'd yeah. say he was the best player on the floor, and then CP3 was like, I'm done with this in <laughs>
1: overtime. <laughs> uh,. Well, I, yeah. what I was going to say about Okoro was, uh, I think it was, is it John Michael, the play-by-play um, yeah. for uh, the Cavs broadcast? Yeah. Yep. Uh, he had this insane stat that Akoro accounted for sixty 67% of the offense.
0: Yeah, yeah. And like we were talking about, you know, Colin Sexton was really trick-or-treat in that fourth quarter and- The turnovers. I mean, the turnovers a- and then, you know, driving into the teeth of the defense. I'm mm-hmm. quite sure, let me just- pull up the box score for the for the Suns but I'm almost positive uh he got a shot block at least twice maybe three times in that fourth quarter yep
1: Uh, Aiden Aiden really picked it up honestly like uh, Aiden was sitting at two blocks uh for most of the night and then he ends up with five blocks at the end of the night he really kind of put his imprint yeah especially in that
0: overtime yep yep
1: you're right. Yep. And, uh, same with Bridges, actually. Uh, Michael oh, Bridges.
0: Oh, God. Bridges just had some, some great plays. Um, yeah. and I, bl- and Bridges, the guy, a guy that was drafted after, you know, Colin Sexton in the mm-hmm. same draft. Obviously mm-hmm. an older player when he came out, but I've always loved him. Yeah. But a lot of people, and, and this may be true. He's a great complimentary player, but mm-hmm. you, you know, he, is not a guy that's going to go out you and get you 30, ever. Right. Um, right. Unless he just is otherworldly. And, you know, yeah, he had a really nice game tonight with 22 yeah. points, just fills up the block, three blocks, three steals. I mean, he kind of is a better shooting... I, I wouldn't compare him to Okoro, but he's definitely, you know, a really good all-around player who can play defense and is a really good shooter and good enough at everything else that he can absolutely stay on the floor in almost every situation.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He's, he's long, he's fast. He's uh, he's a good shooter. Uh, he's a, he's that, he's that three and D guy that you look for that three and yeah. elite role player that you look for. Yeah.
0: And a elite, guy elite that, you know, can do a little bit more than that, you know, moving without the ball and, mm-hmm. and isn't, He's almost like a better Danny Green defensively, like a more athletic Danny Green, but not the shooter that Danny yep. Green is like yep. he isn't going to do anything dumb. Right. Um, right. You know, <laughs> plays within himself. Yeah. Really good player. <laughs> but like you were saying, I mean, Chris Paul, just ridiculous <laughs> tonight. Just so many times that game, it was like, you're we're not losing this game.
1: Yeah, it, yeah. It's, that's what greatness does, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's what greatness is, is that just, uh, you know, I was steadfast in my belief that Chris Paul's not going to let him lose. He's not oh, yeah. going to let him lose. And, you know, look at his stat line. It's 23 points, 16 assists, four steals, two blocks, zero turnovers, plus yeah. 20, uh, plus yeah, minus. It's I mean, insane. Yeah, yeah. That it,
0: zero it, turnovers with 23 and 16 is <laughs> Just nuts. And, you know, it's super funny because we kind of talked about during the game, there was two kind of huge officiating moments in that game that really, I would say, was like an eight to ten point swing for the Suns. Mm -hmm. Um, The first one being that first half when Kevin Love clearly fouled on a layup in front of the ref by chris paul they don't yes. call it <laughs> then chris paul comes down just bangs at three and kevin love gets a tech, and it was like a six point swing
1: <laughs> and, I, and i i mean like and and what's funny is i don't even know what love did to earn that he must have said a magic word but i mean it wasn't like he was like screaming bloody murder or anything it was just you know just talking with the ref and bam
0: yeah exactly i mean it's but I, it was so ridiculous. And then, of course, the other play was the um, flagrant on Colin Sexton mm-hmm. uh, when you know Colin went in for a drive and he flailed his arms wildly, hit uh, Chris Paul in the, the collarbone, and then Chris Paul acted like he'd been shot.
1: <laughs> you <laughs> called it the flop off, didn't you? It was.
0: Yeah, it was a <laughs> flop off. And I, what I said on Twitter was in a flop off if you come at the king, you best miss, <laughs> and, you know, the old quote is you best not miss. Well, <laughs> right, right, right. You, you know, if you, if you brush Chris Paul, he will exaggerate that contact mm-hmm. for the rep that, and you got to do that. to. Get he the did. And he yeah. got the flagrant and that ended up being like a four point possession And you know those two kind of ignited
1: it ignited him too. Like uh, that was that was the bigger thing I think under like kind of kind of driving it. It kind of lit a fire into the Suns after that happened. They they stretched the lead to ten and then uh, kind of and and then and then Cleveland had to you know crawl crawl their way to third
0: quarter and and they did. I mean to their credit, um, they they really did. Uh, Let's go into other guys who had really nice games. You know, Jared Allen. Uh, seven of 11 had some really nice finishes around the basket. It wasn't all lobs, was really catching that deep, getting those hook shots in. How
1: about five assists for Allen tonight?
0: Oh, yeah. He was really good, uh, at the short roll. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just passing out of double teams under the basket, mm-hmm. hitting the guys in the corner. The cast passing tonight was really on point. Yes. It was really nice to see.
1: Yes. Yes. It was, um, It's, it was in, uh, may, may that trend continue for, for the love of God, because, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, that, well, and, and honestly, uh, that's exactly what was missing in that overtime was the ball movement finally. And I get, they're tired. I mean, like you were saying, they, they had a seven man rotation, you know, 45 minutes for Osmond, 47 for Okoro, 37 for Allen, 39 for Sexton. So they were dead, but. That ball movement, the ball just stopped moving. Uh, in that, you yeah, you know, and, and that was that. But and, it and, was great.
0: And let's, you know, one of the better shooting nights for the Cavs in the wa- in a while. Absolutely. Thirteen and twenty nine from three. Kept them um, in the game. Twenty three and twenty seven from the line. You know, they were getting the line of the night. I thought Okoro mm-hmm. and Sexton uh, both did a really nice job of that. That was the best I've seen Okoro playing angles and attacking the rim. I mean, he was just another player tonight. And yeah.
1: well, I th- yeah, go you ahead. Know, I, what I wanted to say about Okoro, and I've said this a few times uh, over the course of the year, is if you go back and look at his college tape, what is the, what are the highlights full of? It's full of his him finishing at the rim and, and yeah. also with his passing ability, uh, off that driving ability. and And that's what's been so frustrating for me this year is, you know, for most of the season, the Cavs has just tried to – I mean, obviously, they've just taken a development angle with Okoro this year and said, let's see your three ball this year. But, well, but and that's you – know, Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, so that's the thing is that it, I don't understand why aren't we using him in a manner that would give him a, a jump-off point for success based upon his game. You know, his game is – Finishing with either hand at the rim with good handles. He can get – he's creative with his handles, gets to the rack. Um, He can finish uh, through contact because of his strength. And he's got good vision. You know, six assists tonight. He can pass the ball. Only one turnover.
0: No, uh, and he's usually – his sin is overpassing. Absolutely.
1: You you nailed it. Absolutely. 100% agree.
0: Because, like, he would get an advantage on a, you know, a drive to the basket. And then he would try this really kind of ridiculous pass. On oh, yeah. Kevin Love, instead of, you know, going up or going to the line, and just had a lot more confidence tonight. And I yep. think one of the things that I called out is a lot of this is just two nights rest for the Cavs.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. they played five games in seven nights before mm-hmm. this game, before that two-night rest. I mean, so much of that is just the of the Cavs' woes and, you know, in a lot general, of teams. It's, it's lot, the whole, yeah, so, exactly. you,
1: you hit a really great point. It's just that this the schedule is insane. It's quite literally insane. And um, a lot like a lot of these blowouts that are happening over the course of this season is just simply catching a, it's a team off of a back-to-back versus a team with two nights rest. It's, yeah, it, the game it's a, it's over before it even starts. You know? Yeah,
0: and and you know the NBA's tried to balance that better than they have in the past, and you know some of these home and home series um mm-hmm, that you're mm-hmm. seeing which actually I really enjoy because I feel like oh, you yeah, get a you little do. more rivalry a little mm-hmm, more mm-hmm, as these mm-hmm. guys get more familiar with each other you know it reminds me a little of these baseball series mm-hmm. um or or even a, a you know a mini playoff series yep but um it's just there's only so much you can do you yes. know and everybody at some point during the season is going to be a victim of the sh- the schedule now i will say during this uh, slog, teams like like that night, I would say that Detroit loss where Detroit was on the second night of a back-to-back and they were playing nobody <laughs> and they beat the Cavs. That was, to me, the low point of the season. I mean, it's hard I, to, it's, it's I, it's hard hard to pick a that. worse loss than that.
1: <laughs> it's hard to disagree with that. that. And and what made that so brutal is I'm, I'm pretty sure the Cavs look good. The previous game i forget yeah who, I, for, I forget who i think were. it
0: was miami was and it? they okay. played miami pretty tough
1: yeah i, I can't remember who it was, well, but now it I was and look. they were still in the play in they were still in the play in picture at that point too
0: <laughs> nominally
1: <laughs> no, okay.
0: <laughs> you know, I, if you if you believe it was a really a possibility, but
1: yeah, I mean, I just see you know, I'm an, I, I'm, um, I, I just uh, I play naive with those types of things.
0: But. Yeah. So the night before they'd played Chicago and lost by ten, it it was a real close night. And then two night, or and then April fourteenth, they'd beaten Charlotte. Um,
1: ah, yes, yeah, yeah, I remember that game. So it was. I think I did the recap with that game. It was, um, they didn't have Colin Sexton. They were on the road, beat a decent, um, uh, they beat a playoff team or a play in team. Yeah. I mean,
0: without LaMelo Ball, to be fair. Yep.
1: Right. That's true, too. Yep. Yep. And also without Hayward. Yeah. I believe. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, and then a, the
0: next win was against Chicago, and <laughs> they haven't won a game since.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Um, and I fully expect them to embrace the tank and lose the rest of the way out. I, I was, you know, yeah. I, I posted a couple times a little worried they might win this game. And then, <laughs> boy, I, I didn't have anything to worry about once I got to overtime. But.
1: <laughs> well, I, I, I would have taken the win if it meant a Coro finishing it off, you know, that yeah. would have been cool. That would have Yeah, been
0: no, cool. and I think it would have been good for his growth, but.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think you hit the nail on the head. They, that's what the, what the Cavs are going to do is, and well, it seems like um, at least if any, if the last two games are an indication, any indication, they want to see Sexton at the point, full, full point guard. They want to see what he can do with it. And I think they're also uh, seeing a at the two guard. Because mm-hmm. um, I think that's basically what he played tonight. You could say that him and Osmond were interca- interchangeable. Yeah, but,
0: and I, but, I would say even even the most optimistic Cavs fans could not have predicted tonight. I mean, no, no. that was an explosion. He was awesome. <laughs> I mean, oh, he man. was... Well,
1: and and it and it really begs the question. Uh, there was Dan Dan K made the. Uh, I agreed with Dan K, or he responded and, um,
0: or 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 as I always call him Dank.
1: Dank. Oh yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I like that. Dank. <laughs> that is really good.
0: <laughs> uh, well, he could go either way. I mean, he is camel case in that, but yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, uh, we had a conversation, and, and the thing that's we going back to Okoro is. He's looked better at the two guard this year, um, in yeah. my opinion, in my opinion, he has. And and I think the reason for that, he just gets the ball in his, mm-hmm. you know, where he can do something with it. Well, and, and
0: can, yeah. you know, basketball is a rhythm sport. And yes. if you're stuck in a corner all game mm-hmm. and you're not in a rhythm um, yeah. or for games on end, it's it's mm-hmm. really hard to find that game rhythm. Absolutely. Um, and, and may, some of that, I think, is purposeful. You know, they were really trying to get him to concentrate on the defensive side of the ball and say, you know, this is where you're going to make your bones. We want you to guard these guys. Um, You know, the Cavs approach young player development differently than most other teams. You know, most teams don't let these guys start from day one. Um, You know, even you look at, you know, Lamelo didn't start for uh, Charlotte. You know,
1: yeah, for a solid month, or even maybe uh, yeah, for almost two months.
0: Yeah. yeah, and I'm trying to think uh, who's Wiseman. I think did start for a while, and then didn't, then did, then did not again, yeah. and yeah. so he's he's kind of come back. Um, I'm who's uh, Anthony Edwards wasn't starting. Um, and now, now he's looking like an absolute stud. Um, you know, some of the dunks and throwdowns and finishes and wild games they've had have been, you know, he's been so good that he's been threatening their draft pick and they're in a super weird draft situation. Cause basically, if they're not in, if they don't get a top three pick, it goes to Golden State.
1: It, and how did they, how the heck did Golden State get that pick?
0: Is it because, because they ate, because they traded him D'Angelo Russell and ate Andre Wiggins salary. That so was weird. Does that that was that deal.
1: I mean, does that make sense to you?
0: No, I it does because Andre Andrew not Andre Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins uh, you know, I think he was owed like a hundred million dollars <laughs> and D'Angelo True. Russell was an all star. That they traded to him. That's you, true. you know, just yeah, two right. seasons prior. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they really wanted Russell. They had tried to get him that summer. Oh, right. He's uh, because he's friends with Cat. And they've looked really good together. So, right. Which right. they've hardly played at all together because one or the other always seems like they're hurt. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's it been really interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Minnesota. But, you know, for the Cavs, I, I think you're absolutely right about Okoro at the two and feels like the right it feels like the right fit for chetty as well at the two and i i feel like the one thing the Cavs really don't have on their team is a natural small forward right now they've got either uh fours playing at the three in uh you know dean wade and oh who's the other rookie that they have lamar stevens mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. or they've got threes playing at the four you know and chetty osman and mm-hmm. Isaac, a, you know, I think anybody who's followed the Cavs for long enough really kind of knows Chetty Osman is a big two and he yes. struggles to play at the three and mm-hmm. really struggles at the four. But
1: mm-hmm. speaking that of Chetty, oh, good.
0: Uh, it was yeah. nice to see him have a bounce back game from a shooting standpoint, Absolutely. you know, going for four or six. When, Looked
1: a great shooting tonight.
0: Yeah, but still, again, four turnovers, Turn. yep. turnovers big for the calves down the stretch. Um,
1: Yep, and well, in the, the there's another example with Chetty. You know, I, and, and it's probably it's probably a moot point at this point, given his age and where he's at in his career. But it's just one of those things where they turn Chetty into a standstill shooter. When you look at his European Euro League and World FIBA highlights and all that kind of stuff, what is he doing? Yeah, he's running the point forward position. Yeah, he's but running I, the pick. You know, so.
0: I will say the biggest problem with Chetty as a forward, he he really is a big guard that can play guard sometimes and is probably best suited to coming off the bench yes. because his handle is just too sloppy yes. to no, be a starting right. guy. Absolutely. I mean, right. he just, yeah. his handle is not tight enough. He turns the ball over too much. I mean, I think his ceiling, I think everybody knows at this point, is a solid. Yeah, you know 7th 8th man yeah exactly you know and that that's the ceiling and at his worst he is not playing you know mm-hmm. as we saw for long stretches this right. year
1: yeah no you're you're absolutely right i mean i i, I specifically recall his uh he had a, a a major summer league stint uh 2 or 3 years ago 2 years ago i think or something like that where basically they ran chetty exclusively as a point guard during summer league. And it he had these great games in summer league where it's like, wow, you know, he could really run an offense. But then, you know, once he started feeling full, once they started pressuring him full court, you know, doing some full court press things, testing that handle, then the turnover started cascading, the confidence dropped. And then, you know, and that was all she wrote for point Chetty's.
0: Yeah, um, and it's really interesting because it's like his handle ain't any worse than Deli's. But right. Deli <laughs> knows how to stick his butt into people and right. yeah. not turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. And he Chetty isn't his handle is the same as Deli's, you know, from a skill level, but Deli isn't loose with the ball the way Chetty is. Right. You know, right. Delhi yep. knows how to keep the other team from sealing the ball. So, mm-hmm. you know that yeah. that's where the big difference is. But yeah. I mean, it was, it was still a super fun game. Um, yep. you know, and I I kind of tweeted after the game, the big difference this game is the Cavs are a bad team having a good night, and the the Suns were a good team having a bad night, and they got it figured out. They made one adjustment, packed the paint. Basically, smothered the guys on their drives, and Mm -hmm. nobody was moving for kickouts. Nobody was running. They weren't running anything other than pick and roll. Mm -hmm. And it just, you know, the Cavs didn't recognize it till two or three plays too late. You know, I thought JB Bickerstaff took a timeout one possession too late, and by the time he did, it was a seven point deficit. And that's really hard to overcome in overtime when you're already tired.
1: Yeah. 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 And, and, Well, and, and if you look at the, if you look at what the Suns just did offensively tonight, they really, I mean, sharp as you know, 35 assists, seven turnovers, 50, nearly 54 for the game. Yeah.
0: I mean, it, it, it's honestly surprising the Cavs were in it as much as they were. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) And, and they, and that's, that's a Coro and it's a Coro and Sexton uh, with his playmaking, honestly was pretty decent tonight. And and everybody's played
0: amazing tonight, you know, from the start. Uh, Yeah.
1: It it was a, it was a, you, you, uh, you, uh, coined the phrase entertaining losses. He, this, that wasn't my,
0: I didn't coin it, but, oh, okay. (laughs) uh, That, that's (laughs) been the Cavs MO for a couple (laughs) of years. But, um, yeah, I think the other big thing was, you know, Cam Johnson and Devin Booker combining to go two for 12, Mm -hmm. um, from, from deep is certainly that helped. Right. Yeah. That helped a ton. And they, the Sun certainly had some timely misses, but you know, got a lot of love from the refs. Mm-hmm. Um which you're gonna get when you're the better team. You know, yeah. that that's part of being a a bad going people don't understand or I feel like the casual fan doesn't understand the tears of the NBA of it's so hard to move from just being a bad team to a team that can at least be compete on a night to night Basis in the regular season. That's the first to the second tier. Then the third team is a good regular season team. Um, And, and then you're probably going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. And, Mm -hmm. and you see that that's honestly, it's kind of weird because Phoenix might be that team. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, they might, this is the weirdest one seed, seven, eight seed that any of us can remember, just because yeah. of the injuries and the bubble and all that. But
1: and- it's it's really interesting because I think that your feeling about the Suns, I would argue, is probably the consensus of what I've seen among hardcore fans. Actually, um, mm-hmm. a lot of hor- hardcore fans that I talk to, they think you know they, they're expecting the Suns to collapse because the- they just don't have the yeah they just don't have the top end. Have, you know they don't have right. the two the two bonafide superstars and you know and even quasi- even
0: though you know chris paul and even devin booker to some extent are legit mvp candidates mm-hmm. um the the problem is for one thing chris paul does not have a great playoff history <laughs> he either mm-hmm. um gets hurt or flames out almost mm-hmm. every year i mean last year being kind of a an odd exception because you know, that Oklahoma city team just wasn't good enough to get out of the first round against Houston. Yeah, They just right. didn't have enough guns.
1: Right. Right.
0: Um, but still took some games off them and kind of exposed a lot of Houston's flaws. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, but before that it was either he's getting hurt or flaming out in the playoffs every year. Yeah. And,
1: yeah i think i think i um i would i would assume it's a huge motivating factor for him this season and will be in the playoffs is he's this is his i mean this is his shot right here this is yeah his he, shot he to really leave a legacy
0: yeah i mean how old is he now let me look up it he's, he's either thirty five or thirty six yeah yeah
1: he's turning thirty six in two days his birthday's may
0: yeah so and the list of guys famous. at his size that have played <laughs> at the level he's playing at um our it's pretty much a two person list john stockton and steve nash right. at this age right you know which which is rarefied air and yeah. you know yeah and and, and and i always get into it with people that don't respect how good john stockton was from 36 to 40 mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. cuz he was he literally played 82 games in the last 4 years of his career and had a true shooting of like 59. And I mean, he was ridiculous. Could um, you imagine
1: John Stockton in this era?
0: Oh, John Stockton <laughs> in this era might be, it would be possibly even better than he was at his time.
1: I would, I would agree. I would, you agree. know, yeah, I, I would totally, I think he's underrated, you know, uh, by, uh, today's fans that yeah. didn't, that didn't watch him and he would be even better than he yeah. was. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and and one of the things about Stockton is he might have had, you know, Stockton and Kidd, probably the two guys with the strongest hands of a guard that, of anybody ever. Like, they had, like, Gordy Howe hands. Like, <laughs> they, if the ball, if they got their hands on a ball defensively, they were stealing it. I mean, right, Stockton but... was averaging in his late 30s almost two steals a game, still. Which at the pace they were playing at was pretty incredible.
1: Yeah, well, and uh, no, also the, uh, the defenses. There was no zone defenses. There was no right. playing the passing lanes. Then it was man to man with illegal defense. So yeah,
0: and and to be fair, they did have hand checking then. That's true. Good. But I actually yeah. think whatever he'd have lost on having hand check on defense, he'd have made up for uh, <laughs> of people not being able to hand check him and Mm. just the freedom that he would have had to operate with as a pick and roll guy would have been amazing. Mm. But I mean, Chris Paul, you're seeing what that would have looked like right now. You're right. I mean,
1: that's a great, I I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's in, if you look at the advanced stats, Chris Paul stands as one of the top players of the,
0: Oh, for sure. Uh, But like you said, it's really, one of his last chances to do it it in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how long can he play at this level? He may have one or two years, but you know, at this age, any bad injury, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is,
0: yeah, the, the converse of that is you're seeing guys play longer than ever. And at a higher level, longer than ever in every sport. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you look at a guy like Tom Brady you look at a guy like lebron you look at a guy like chris paul i mean it, it's really impressive so who knows i mean maybe yeah. he can maybe he can it's hard to say it's well,
1: it's that it's funny that it seems like that suns roster is tailor made to make chris paul successful yeah like, they got switchable you know defenders They've got an agile defending big, you know. They've got Booker, who's a, a tough shot maker extraordinaire, you know. And, and I
0: almost think like Aiton's the perfect big for that team. Yep. Because he's not a guy he he doesn't have such an offensive. Um, I don't want to use the term appetite, but you don't have to feed him all the time. If if Aiton has a ten point game, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not Joel Embiid who's going to pout if he doesn't touch the ball 15 times a game, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's really helpful for a point guard like uh, Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Now, they don't have – he's a an okay role man. He's not a great role man, um, and he's certainly improved from what he was. I mean, they don't have a real elite rim diver, which I think hurts them a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, like, other than that, yeah, they're just absolutely – Guys that can fill it up, guys that can run a set offense, you know, know where they're supposed to be. uh, And, you know, give NBA champion James Frickin' Jones all the credit (laughs) in the world for putting together a really just building from scratch other than Devin Booker, a really good team.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, And how about your boy, Monty Williams,
0: too? Oh, yeah. I love Monty Williams. I think he's possibly over the last several years, the most underrated coach in the league. And, and another guy that literally any team in the league could have hired and didn't, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which oh. just, it boggles my mind. Like the year that LeBron was a free agent, uh, 2017, I was like, they should hire David Fisdale or Monty Williams. And Monty Williams is a guy I really wanted. Cause I, when I saw what he did in, Um, New Orleans and then got fired for. Mm -hmm. I was like, that guy is just a hell of a coach and, you know, been a part of the Olympic team for a long time. Really just respected around the NBA. Super happy to see him getting his due. Um, just super nice guy. Really some tragic things that have happened to him over the last several years with the the death of his wife and just really just super. Happy for him to get all all the success that they got coming, but you look at other guys on that team. I mean, campaign has been a great <laughs> bench player for them. Was on the Cavs last year, right? Right. You know, yeah. We could have used him
1: this year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they could have used him last year. They were just impatient.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know. Yeah. Well, and and well, and the thing is, is that I mean, the structure around campaign is making him successful too yeah. right like he's got five assists on the night I'm not sure that he's I'm not sure he was doing that you know in Cleveland you know making plays for other guys and being efficient with the ball you know so uh uh hats off to him I mean I I, I thought he would be washed out of the league and look at him he's a piece or he, he's a nice little you know a, a little nice bench piece
0: out there so yeah, no, and I'm trying to think who they cut him for. It was the guy they traded from Golden State. Um, how oh, I Alfonso Kenny? McKinney. Yeah, no, not Alfonso McKinney. Um, the guy he was on the uh, Raptors roster at the beginning of the year. Now, now our favorite part of the podcast: hot googling action. <laughs>
1: We're going to figure this one out.
0: No, I'm <laughs> figuring it out. It's, it's gotta be on basketball reference for, for yeah, yeah, 2021. Yeah. So uh,
1: another couple of underrated bench pieces, I mean, uh, are, have been, uh, commit for, um, for, for the Suns as well. They've been solid the whole, year. uh, they got, they kind of got killed tonight on, on defense with the switching, but, uh, they still were pretty solid on the boards and, uh, pretty efficient with their shots.
0: Um, Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, I'm trying to think. The other guy that I really thought gave him more good minutes and wish he'd have gotten a few more was Cabin Jelly. You know, Cabin Mm -hmm. Jelly came in. (laughs) I mean, I guess he was minus 10 in five minutes, so it didn't look that good. But, you know. Yeah,
1: but I I, I like the thing about him is as long as he's doing what he's good at, which is launching a three, uh, blocking a shot or rebounding, you know, I, I've kind of – I'm curious about him. I'm glad they signed him up and, and, and are going to keep him in the fold here for the – I guess I don't know what the contract exactly was. I, I think
0: it was – Yeah, I think it's just a non – it's – was it the two-way? I think it was a two-way for a okay, couple years. Okay, it was a
1: two-way that they converted, right, or no?
0: I don't now – now I'm not sure. I Oh, I – no, I think it was an open round – roster spot and but it's a non-guaranteed contract i'm sure over the next few years
1: yeah they got two non-guaranteed years uh 21 22 and 22 20 so i i kind of like that uh, just a you know a no risk signing just to keep them in a fold and give them some security and just see what they got there i like i mean like his shooting uh is surprisingly legit so far for the Cavs. so uh and and he's and what's funny is that I could see him, what I want to see him, and I think a nice pairing might be him with a guy out there, with a uh, with a guy out there like Love, like Cabanghelli, where they skillset, can play
0: somewhat you know, five out.
1: Yep, or four and one. Get let 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 Kevin finally work in the post, and then he has a kick out, and not let Cabanghelli doesn't uh, clog the paint. You know they're going to leave him open for an open three, and he's going to be willing to take it. You know, so yeah. Uh, so I, I, you know, uh, I, you know, who knows? But uh, I like the I like the idea. I like the idea.
0: I was thinking you were right. It was M- Alfonso McKinney, yeah. Okay. Uh, who, yeah, they, yeah. who they who they? I, I liked him. He was Golden State when he was. Um, in order to, uh, get rid of um, uh, what was uh the guy we were just talking about um, campaign. So uh, right. uh, Yeah, I mean. The Cavs have a lot of intriguing young guys but the problem is is they've got a lot of guys who are ninth guys at best you right. know on a good team uh right right you know Kevin Jelly is is he beyond that that it, No the, no I mean it, it's hard yeah. to say that that's true but you you still need those guys and you still you still develop enough of those guys and hope one of them turns into something I mean I'm I've always been the guy that kind of says you build a roster in any sport, you build a roster from the bottom up mm-hmm. and cause you never know kind of, you know, what you're going to find. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at a guy like Chris Middleton undrafted free agent. You look at a guy like, um, Oh, who's, who's the guy that plays center, uh, Robert Covington, another undrafted mm-hmm. free agent, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, Lamar Stevens, I feel like has that kind of talent and that kind of possibility to be a mm-hmm. really good player, but you got to bring these guys in and see how they respond to the moment. Um, been, you know, really happy. I didn't think that Dean Wade kind of had it in them, in him to turn in the kind of season he has, mm-hmm. cause he really looked like a deer in the headlights at points during the season, but yeah, he really
1: came around on Dean Wade you really yeah. have
0: yeah no i yeah. i i am certainly a person that has my biases but if somebody plays well i'll be the first yeah, person yeah exactly to say i was wrong i mean yeah. I, i'm i'm 100 percent ready to admit i was totally wrong on Lamelo ball
1: everybody was right <laughs> yeah well not everybody Either well you i loved not, or, the, not not the hornets i guess
0: not the hornets and yet hey yeah that's <laughs> and oh man I, a team that I, certainly was wrong on Lamelo ball was golden state warriors
1: i knew you were gonna say that <laughs> i mean what a gut punch what a gut punch for all the like you, if you're steph curry and draymond green who who said something this year to the to the media about it i mean what what do you like you've got a loss? You've had you've had to lose all confidence in Bob Myers.
0: Oh, I I have lost all confidence in Bob Myers. I mean yeah. the yeah. the insane thing is before Wiseman got hurt, they still could have made trades to yep. put a decent team around Absolutely Steph Curry. I mean you're putting a garbage team with basically one other good player. Around a guy who's literally turning in a Hall of Fame season, literally yes. turning in another MVP season. One and of the greatest they're...
1: offensive performances the NBA has ever seen this year.
0: And, and like, how are you not? If this was the Cavs, they would be talking nonstop mm-hmm. about Kobe Altman's head, you know, Kobe Altman's head on a platter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. it's so ridiculous that Bob Myers does not get called out for not wanting to trade like he wants to hoard his draft picks and be bad again and get you know two decent draft picks this year just like what is the point of that when you're punting on a year of steph curry's prime and and i'm not a steph curry guy but you can't deny what he's doing mm-hmm. this year
1: yep i know it's in that one of them things like i i've my hate burns so hot for <laughs> Steph Curry, you know, twenty fourteen to twenty sixteen and look at where we are now, begrudgingly respectful.
0: <laughs> what what what's the line from uh, Anchorman? Um I deep down straight up hate you, but man do I respect you <laughs> It's uh, Westman tooth as eight, nine, uh eight, nine, oh. God I'm trying to ah now, I, I may have to play that before the end of the... Maybe. That might be our, our, our fade-out quote, okay, but yeah. You know. it.
1: Oh.
0: Oh. He, Steph Curry's so good, Yeah, um, oh. and I was just impressed as hell when the Cavs played them. Like, he just... The Cavs overplayed the three, and he was content to just, I'm going to just make layups the whole mm-hmm. time. I mean, you're going to play me this tight on the perimeter. I will mm-hmm. take 25 points worth of layups. That's fine and
1: one of the most fundamentally sound other than other than game 7 of the 2016 finals <laughs> one of the most fundamentally sound uh, players out there just incredible
0: oh In- for sure and incredible. to not put a team around him is 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 unconscionable and they still could have at the trade deadline before wiseman got hurt with all the draft picks and yep. players we, that we they needed, had they could have traded some. him And like, I was like, why aren't they talking to Orlando about just dumping Wiggins and Wiseman and draft picks on them and getting like Gordon and Fournier, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. like, how does that not make all the, or Vucevic, how does that not make all the sense in the world for them? And then.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or sell the, you know, I don't know if, uh, why aren't they selling the farm for Harden, you know? Or, or Brad Beal. Or Brad Beale, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but when while there was a chance back in the, like yeah. you said. Now you're totally hundred percent correct about that. They had a chance to dump Wiseman, who's a disaster um, yeah, before it really got revealed and they didn't do it. They 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 just valued their own player too much.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's just so funny that that's what I love about the NBA more than anything. It's like there's no BS allowed. Like you're <laughs> If, if you're not a good player, it's, it's gonna get figured out. Yep. And eventually, I mean, it, it's, you're as good as how you, you're as good as you play all the time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yep. You yep. know, I'm watching, uh, Dallas and Miami right now, and it's like Dwayne Deadman literally could not be the more aptly named player because he was dead <laughs> as far as his career was. I know it's such an obvious joke, but, um, <laughs> He he was out of the league. I mean, he was mm-hmm. bought out by Atlanta last year, was sitting around, and now he's totally turned Miami season around mm-hmm. in some ways because they're not totally lost when Bam's on the bench now, mm-hmm. which they, they kind of mm-hmm. were. Although mm-hmm. the, the other kind of hilarious thing about it is, you know, you talk about another team with overrated GMs. I think if Miami had it to do over again, they would totally take Kelly Olenek back and dump um Oladipo because O killing even, it and using. Even Houston. before that,
1: even before that, they could have gotten Harden, but they were unwilling to trade Tyler Hero
0: who now they're like oh we're worried about tyler hero's personal life
1: yeah oh and then yeah and uh, and then uh, i don't know if you've paid attention to his season but he's been god awful yeah god awful like he he's shooting like 32% from 3
0: yeah no i mean it's just yeah and again it's like you said overvaluing your own player mm-hmm. and yep. it, and that's my and that's my thesis on why the cavs should not sign Colin Sexton.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. I know. I know. I know. Well, and this is, you know, if I can say one thing for tonight about Colin Sexton, it's this. Um, I did a, I, I looked over tracking stats on the season for the Cavs and I found something quite curious about the touches for, for the Cavs. And what, what, here's my thesis is that We've heard this refrain from, you know, Cavs people, Cavs fans that, you know, oh, well, he, he's, he's great for a scoring guard. His passing's fine for a guard. He's a, he's a fantastic score. Well, that's not how the Cavs are using him. They're actually running a two point guard offense this whole season.
0: Um, well, and, and to be fair, most of the league anymore, I, I would say two thirds of the league, runs a two hybrid guard offense anyway.
1: Sure. True. Yes.
0: You know, and they're either staggering them or they're, you know, at some point you're running two hybrid guards. Right. You know, it's just the way the NBA is anymore because if you only have one playmaker on the floor, you can just tilt the defense to that side and it just becomes impossible. So, you know, Utah's showing the more playmakers you have on the floor at any one time, the better you are. Absolutely, so,
1: or I you mean, know. the, the ultimate example will be Brooklyn. You know? <laughs> three, and, you know, yeah, three guys and, that can, you know, go. Go ahead, yeah.
0: End footnote.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. <Continue. laughs> yeah, but uh, so my my thing is is that if we're if we're going to judge Colin Sexton's season, we have to look at we have to look at him through the lens of how he's being used, and he's being used as a, and so in that light what's unacceptable about colin Sexton's game right now is his passing it's it's his passing um he uh, i've i've repeated the stat over and over again with you guys on seeds and assist ratio and his assist ratio um is 14 it's been around 48, i think on this NBA. Uh, his thing.
0: assist percentage
1: no no this is the ratio See, no the, ra- the
0: assist ratio is generally um the ratio of assists to turnovers but
1: no no no, no yeah i see what, what you're I, saying yeah, yeah. okay Well, that's not what i mean with the assist ratio assist ratio mm-hmm. is a different st- it's it's assists it's your rate of assists based on your
0: usual. oh right 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 okay
1: so yeah. it's uh so what ha- so people don't like the stat because what it does is it kind of skews like really like it skews in favor of passers that never shoot Right. Right. But I what I did was I scrubbed I went through NBA.com and I scrubbed the list to uh, uh, players with a usage rate around Colin Sexton, uh, which is about 28 percent on this. And when you go and do when you scrub the list for all the high usage players in the league, what happens is you see Colin Sexton at the bottom of at the bottom of the with, uh, interestingly, with a couple other players who are controversial right now for their fan bases, like Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, uh, um, Donovan Mitchell, uh,
0: Devin Bookman. Well, I, I would say Donovan Mitchell's probably not controversial with the season. Right, right,
1: right, right. Well, yeah, yeah. I think he's one of those things where uh, uh, stat nerds and and stat nerds and NBA nerds are waiting for the playoffs to pounce on him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's interesting because you know the Colin Sexton defenders, the um, you know the the take on that is i gonna say i i totally lost my point no well, um, no, the, I,
1: I, no i know the comp I, I,
0: is often donovan mitchell yeah you know because they're both yep. six foot they're both you know and you know i've i've said it a million times donovan mitchell is a six foot player with the body of a six three tank you mm-hmm. know i mean mm-hmm. he's he's got literally 25 more pounds of muscle than yep so
1: and his usage this year is insane like He's just as efficient as, he's basically as efficient as Sexton with five percent more usage, which is absolutely insane. That's that's yeah. super you know, once you get plus thirty percent usage, you're you're that's superstars. You know, that's yeah. Luca, that's LeBron, that's you know Yeah, um, and the
0: other thing I would love to track is how many times his teammates touch the ball versus other players when he is on the floor, you know, versus other elite offenses. Because I feel like one of the things that kind of drives me nuts is no pass half-court possessions he has. I mean, you know, it's one thing to do that in transition, but it's the other thing to literally come down, dribble the snot out of the ball for 15 seconds, and then... He did
1: that in the fourth quarter tonight, just yeah. as you were alluding to earlier in our conversation. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and it...
0: just those those fourth quarter... Well, and then the other just bizarre stat on him. He's literally number two in the league and he's been in the bottom of the league for his entire career of blocks against. He gets his shot blocked. <laughs> the only yeah, player he... that gets his shot blocked more than him is Zion Williamson. And that's because Zion literally goes to the basket like 20 times a game. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and
1: well, and and uh, just uh, to put a fine point on th- that, excellent. He's a below average, he's below average shooter around the rim. He's in the forty. Yeah. He's a in. Well, I mean, I guess he's average at best. And actually, he's improved it actually quite a bit recently. Yeah. No, um, and he has but, improved
0: yeah. a lot. And but you know, but he's I a mid
1: range merchant at the end of the day. That, yeah. That's, and
0: I think a lot of Cavs fans really, you know, I don't want to get into is Colin Sexton good or bad, but I, I I really think he's just a very average player in the grand scheme of how he helps his your team when he's on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. but he scores a lot of points. And yes. so but you gotta look at okay when he's scoring points for your team, who's not scoring points? You know, mm-hmm. and is he oh is he helping your overall offensive efficiency? Right. Exactly. And given his usage, I would say Probably not. Right, you know, right. beyond the league average.
1: That's yeah. You know. That's the that's the crux of the problem is that he's the highest usage calf. He has the ball in his hands basically as much as Darius Garland, and and Lord, everybody should know he's not the passer that Darius. Garland
0: no, and I think the other the other problem with the whole discussion is that he's a very um. He's a good player for the age that he is. I mean, he's is he twenty two mm-hmm. now?
1: Yep, uh, um, twenty three.
0: I thought he was twenty two. No, you you could uh, hot googling action on. Castle I know Book. again. Here we go. Colin Sexton twenty two. Is... You're right. You're right. Yeah. He's
1: twenty only twenty two.
0: Yeah, I mean he's... and his trajectory is great, but I really, you know, I I think um J- is it Joe Varden that writes for the Plain Dealer? Uh, or for cleveland.com yeah. oh no not joe barton who's the other guy chris fedor writes...
1: chris fedor, uh, chris used... fedor i yes. think
0: has just the best writing i've seen from him his whole career i think he's really improved and taken his writing and his analysis to another level he had a great quote on colin sexton that i think just encapsulates what makes him so difficult to build your team around a six-one player, around a short player in the NBA, that player has to be close to transcendent. Yeah. Um, and the problem is that Colin Sexton is not. He is right. too flawed offensively and defensively. Um, and I wouldn't even say offensively. No, it's, yeah, just,
1: exactly. It's, it's it's really well. It's it's his passing.
0: It's given his passing, How much? Yeah. He,
1: yeah it, given how much he has the ball. Right, And then his defense, obviously, yeah, the yeah. defense is, re- I mean, uh, yeah, the, and, and it's exacerbated, the problem with Sexton's defense is that it's exacerbated by Garland not being a great defender and, uh, Okoro being a rookie.
0: Really- yeah, well, and, you know, sex Garland is not a terrible defender. He's had right. bad games. I would say he's much better, you know, I, I really take Ben Worth's, you know, Scouting on Garland is as gospel. He's been much Mm -hmm. better off the ball, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and absolutely really steel
1: rate. Steel rate is exceptional.
0: Yeah, Uh, and really fanning out uh, when he is taken out of the pick and roll and covering the tertiary options, he's really good mm -hmm. at that. Mm -hmm. Whereas Colin Sexton just seems to like. There's a lack of a, space yeah.
1: out. Mm-hmm. On, it's, it's a lack of anticipation. Yeah. yeah a, I mean, he reminds
0: me at times of J.R. Smith on defense. No,
1: mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, that's a, <laughs> that's a, cause, because they're gifted. They're so gifted athletically, you yeah. know, they, they're so gifted athletically. It's like, why aren't you getting two steals a game in your, and yeah, it's, well,
0: and, you know, but you see it in the way he plays offense too. He's just not a guy who anticipates two, three seconds ahead. Mm -hmm, He mm -hmm. sees what's in front of him and does it. And there's nothing wrong with that guy. Nope. There doesn't mean he's a bad player. The problem is, you know, so many Cavs fans don't understand the difference between, you know, being a guy who can score a bunch of points in the regular season and being a guy who can get you to the playoffs and then win playoff games. And we haven't seen consistent evidence of that. From Colin Sexton, you know, and we've seen it when he's been on bad teams, him putting up big numbers. But is he a guy who will sublimate his game for the good of the team? Uh, We haven't seen that yet. And, you know, I think everybody says, ideally, I mean, I think you saw it at night. If the Cavs were to get a, a top pick, I mean, would you say take Cade, play him at the three, then you're starting um, Okoro at the two and Garland at the one and Sexton at off the bench is, is what makes all the sense in the world for that team. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and that's not going to make Colin Sexton happy. Nope. <laughs> and I oh. think that's part of the issue is he really feels like he's playing for the next contract and the Cavs have kind of put him in a situation where yeah, it would be I, I stupid think, of him not to do that from a financial standpoint.
1: Right. You know? Well, and, and you really, I mean, this, it, this off season is going to be pivotal, isn't it? You know, it, it, it's yeah. going to be huge, huge because it's, isn't it now decision time? Like he's going to be go is Sexton going into the final year of his rookie deal next year? Yeah, he is.
0: So he's eligible for an extension until you know, I believe you can sign that extension before. um, Or if that doesn't happen, he will be a restricted free agent at the end of his next year. Um, I mean, to me, I would much rather you let a guy like that bet on himself and he makes that extra money you pay it to him. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, you know, the Cavs really want to be a place that they want players to want to come to. And if you know, Colin Sexton scores 25 points a game and he can't get a contract extension. I think that's going to be really problematic. I mean, I don't think his agent would be stupid not to threaten to rake the team over the coals for that.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be weird. It's, I I don't, plus Jared Allen
0: is a restricted free agent. Right.
1: And, and honestly, like, uh, I'm concerned. You, know, you raised the concerns. You were kind of on top of that, uh, a, a few weeks ago, or at least post All-Star break. I'm starting to get concerned about Jared Allen a little bit. Like not, I'm not concerned that he's not a good player. I'm just concerned. Are the Cavs, are the Cavs maximizing him? Are, do, are yeah, we putting him in the so- best position to be successful? Cause he's been on a downward trend. If you look at the impact stats steadily, uh, Steadily Since on Since he arrived.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah I think yeah. it's so hard to gauge what those things mean. Right. Because for one thing, he wasn't playing nearly as much with uh, the Nets. So now that he's playing a lot more minutes, you go, okay, he's going to have to adjust to those minutes. And mm-hmm. he certainly looks like a guy that is going to have a problem keeping weight on. Um, in a <laughs> yeah, season yeah. like this and keeping muscle on in a season. And I think you've seen it across the Cavs as a whole this yeah. season. I mean, even Kevin Porter looks thinner and yeah. not as muscular as he did at the beginning of the season. And I think a lot of that is just the wear and tear and season. just absolute grind that this season is. I mean, yeah. How do you put that time in the weight room if you're you got don't, a game every other day? Absolutely not. You'd be day.
1: foolish. Yeah, you'd be well, foolish to be. Uh, to, I don't
0: think you would uh, be foolish necessarily, but you have to have a LeBron James esque training regimen yeah, to be able to right. do it. <laughs> you know, and there's there's few guys.
1: Yeah, how many guys do that, right? <laughs>
0: well, and how many guys have that training staff? That I mean, you have to mm-hmm. have a really locked in training staff mm-hmm. to be able to do that, and I. Don't know if the calves are there. So Yeah,
1: well, two other guys that look thin as hell, quite honestly, uh, Jimmy Butler. Yeah, uh,
0: no, uh, and, and I saw Tatum. Jimmy Butler earlier yeah. this year, and his arms were like tree trunks, and I've seen right. him s- since, and I'm like, holy cow, that guy has lost a ton of weight.
1: Yeah, yeah, you I know, think it was a good 15, 20. Yeah. I
0: mean, and, and you know, I saw him after he came back from COVID mm-hmm. uh, when mm-hmm. he was tote swole. And, and it's just, it is so hard to keep muscle yeah. tone and mass on this season. I mean, you can just see it. Mm-hmm. And so for a guy like, um, for a guy that's already skinny anyway, like Jared Allen, that's going to be really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Darius Garland, I think you've absolutely seen it. He, he looks at times just emaciated. <laughs> uh in, in these so 40 tiny. some point games and just super thin and and strung out big circles under his eyes and i don't i think that's just the way he looks and he plays so hard and i mean there's a guy that sweats on when he plays mm-hmm. i mean he just at the end of games he just looks absolutely drenched with sweat and mm-hmm. he i think guys like it's just really hard to keep the weight on and And I hope the Cavs are monitoring that, but boy, boy, it's hard for a guy like, you know, Jared Allen. I think next season when the games are spaced out more, there's more of a sane schedule, Mm -hmm. you know, knock on wood, hope that we're in that situation as a country, Mm -hmm. it it will be a little easier to miss. So, I mean, it's really hard to say. And, you know, I you know, penned a little love letter to the NBA on, on Twitter the other day, just cause it's like, I have been so impressed with the NBA as a whole this year, the professionalism, um, you know, just the commitment to the craft. You haven't heard a lot of complaining, even though the schedule is an absolute grind. It's just that by and large, the NBA players, coaches and officials have been absolute professionals this year and, you know, just come up, come go to work every night. Yeah. A lot of these game margins are bad, but that's just one of the things you're going to have. Like we talked about early in the podcast with these, you know, scheduling strangeness.
1: Yeah, no, right. Yeah.
0: yeah and, and these teams that are frankly tanking like Oklahoma city and, mm-hmm. you know, I would, I would argue the calves now. Mm-hmm. Um, but,
1: no, it's so well said. I mean, I, I, I honestly think I've seen less load management this year in a harder year than yeah. I've seen in the past couple of years.
0: Well, and part of that is just a shortage of bodies.
1: Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You could be it's, right about it, that. It, yeah. It's super <laughs> weird,
0: too, because you're seeing all these guys on two ways. There's no games restrained. So guys are just playing if they're on two ways and they need the bodies, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah.
1: I mean, it was insane. Like, I, I the clip that, like, it, for instance, I'm thinking of LeBron off and AD. They were not load managing those guys.
0: No, and all. they can't.
1: Yeah, right. No, I you're mean, right. I mean, they're <laughs> fighting
0: for a playoff. Did you hear LeBron's big quote? Of oh yes, <laughs> Who- whoever came up with the play on game playing game needs fired.
1: Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. I,
0: which I was like,
1: eh. <laughs> oh yeah, you talk about chicken. Yeah. the... Chickens coming home to, or roosters coming home, or whatever. However the chickens coming home to roost. roost. Yeah. yeah, that's
0: right. <laughs> I mean, he's. I I don't hate the play in game. I think it's a little bit goofy, but I, it it at least gives these teams something to shoot for. And mm-hmm. you know, in the in the East, who knows? Right. Uh, well, I heck, mean, in the West. I mean, yeah, in the West. I mean, the West. You might I feel face like Steph
1: Curry for one game.
0: Or, it, or you get LeBron,
1: right? I know, right? You're right. Like the West <laughs>
0: is so weird because it's just so many teams had injury issues, mm-hmm. and they've they've kind of fallen to the bottom. And it's like, yeah, now you there's a real danger of the Lakers being in a playoff game again, or in a play in game against Golden State.
1: It's not a situation any like, or it, you know, there could be a possible Luca. You know, one game off. You know, like a, a one game match you know it's it's uh i'm i'm kind of ex- you're right it's kind of hoke i do feel it's kind of hokey but at the same time it's probably going to be awesome to watch.
0: yeah i mean and then the other possibility is you see both la teams at 4 and 5 and then you've got a guaranteed la team out in the first round you know
1: adam it, silver will make sure that
0: doesn't happen right <laughs> i don't well and that's the other thing you've heard about the ref shortage right no, what's so, that about? Well, because there's refs with COVID, oh. so they literally are scrambling to fill to referee all these oh. games, and the they've they've brought people up. They've uh, you know, refs are officiating so many more games oh, than they would have on a you know day to day basis than in the past. So, I had
1: no idea. That yeah, there honestly is a explains a lot. I mean,
0: <laughs> you know why we've seen the same refs for like five games in a row. It feels like sometimes, <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and they do kind of pod these refs with some of these teams, so right. you know to minimize a chance of a, a spread of COVID, which it which sure. is smart. Yeah, you know? no, and yeah,
1: it's necessary. Yeah. I,
0: yeah, I've seen bad officiating, but I've seen for the most part officials. And players, you know, playing, and, and truth be told, I watched the Cavs more. There's a lot of blow you know, acting with professionalism and, and grace for the most part, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. other than, you know, Luca getting thrown out the other night for looking at the ref, <laughs> but also throwing the ball across the court. Like, <laughs> he, he's such a baby sometimes. <laughs> I know. It's a, uh...
1: Well, and, and uh, lucky his shooting came around at the second yeah. part of the year, man. It was looking, ew, you know. Well, so.
0: and I, I mean, I think the other thing is, is we all forget how ridiculous.
1: Right. Is he 20? 21? He is, is
0: 22 he, in February. He turned 22 in February. I mean. Okay. Okay. And Still. he's a legit MVP candidate. He's only right. been in the league three years. I mean, that's like, is <sighs> so, and he's averaging 29, eight and nine. <laughs> it's like okay. He's the, it's he's so LeBron. He's the
1: next season Euro LeBron, right? There, there yeah. it is.
0: Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah. yeah, and hopefully we saw the next coming of that tonight with uh I Isokoro who just was otherworldly man. tonight.
1: Man, I mean and it's oh man. I I'm, I'm this got me excited. No, This got me excited because I'm like Isokoro.
0: I mean, and and truth be told, a lot of it was in the second and third quarters when Dario Saric and Frank the Tank were guarding him. But give mm-hmm. him his credit. He absolutely recognized the mismatches yep. and just yep. destroyed those guys, which yep. is what exactly. you got to do. He wasn't doing that early in the season. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and actually, Okoro was another one of those guys. I was thinking just paying attention to his impact stats over the course of the second half of the season. He was slipping a little bit. He, w- I was getting concerned because he was not trying. He, he kind of he he had a really good run at the first half of the second half. Uh, you know, the first part of the second half, and then it was kind of tailing off a little bit. I don't know if it's rookie dead legs or the you know rookie wall, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, tonight, wow, yeah. wow. I mean, just really awesome. Wow, yeah,
0: yeah, totally, yeah. Uh way to go, Isaac. Man, wow. So so now I want to ask you about the other big Cavs news. Mm-hmm. Um returning to the Cavs <laughs> after helping them win a ring in 2016, <laughs> both early in the season on the Cavs team and in the finals as a warrior, the greatest sleeper agent in NBA history, Anderson Barajow, was, you know, on the sidelines tonight, supposedly going to actually play in games uh as he goes through a ten day couple of ten days probably to retire a Cav. Uh what do you think of that? you
1: know are it, you an it, Andy
0: it, fan, first of all?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's why that's what built my affinity first of all with CTV was everybody's love for deli and Wild Thing. You know what I mean? It was just uh, people on CTV just have a, an innate, innate appreciation for good team players, you know, yeah, and, the and grinders. Up, yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know if, if there's anybody that captures a, a selfless team player like Anderson Verizhout. And so, you know, it, it struck me, you know, I laughed about it with you guys, you know, it was just, it just like, Came out of nowhere. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's it's nice because I I went back and I just went back uh, and looked at some stats, you know, in Cavaliers history. He's a top 10 guy in win shares. So it was, you know, it's nice that they'll honor a player that's legitimately one of the better players in Cavs history. So Yeah,
0: I mean, and it's a little weird, I think. There, I had had a groundswell for a long, or had a sentiment for a long time that they should trade Andy, or not trade, uh, retire Andy's uh, jersey. And I had, of course, the hashtag never trade Andy. Um, <laughs> it, but it is goofy for a guy that averaged seven and seven. His whole yeah, right,
1: right. <laughs> but you also got to
0: realize that, you know, on those 2008, 2009, 2010 teams, he was at times the not maybe not even at times for at least two of those seasons probably lebron's second best teammate you're right <laughs> you know yeah he yeah. was the the pick and roll finisher and he's a really good bench player and you know played had really a little well bit of
1: playmaking him. with his passing and had, and all had his hustling. had some
0: ridiculously good playoff games you know
1: mhm mhm yeah and uh, it, it means something when i, I if i recall correctly I mean, LeBron pounded the table for him, went to bat for Anderson. Uh, went, went to bat for Verjal Um, I'm not sure if it was in his second stint to get or first that
0: stint. in his second stint to get that. Yeah. Expansion. Okay. So
1: it was the second stint. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, uh, you know, good for the Cavs. You know, that I, I feel like uh, it it was it's a net good. It's a net good, right? Yeah. You know? I mean,
0: what what are we doing here if we're not having fun? exactly thank you <laughs> you know what, a, what that's exactly it right yeah, this, and, isn't, and, this isn't these aren't sacred cows <laughs> it's basketball that's you know, right we're supposed that's to have real. fun we're supposed to enjoy ourselves we're supposed to have happy memories and,
1: and he and and is it is there was it, i don't think there was a player having much more fun than anderson Berger, <laughs> on <the> Court, right
0: <laughs> yeah i think if if anybody had to think about maybe what kind of derailed his season was or his career was that maybe he had too much fun and didn't wasn't in the weight room enough because he always had <laughs> them noodley arms but <laughs> yeah but, and uh, i yeah, think i cool. if you read uh oh who who wrote it the whore of akron um <laughs> i'm trying to remember who wrote it now scott rob the whore of Akron, um, you know, an actual guy who's been on Cavs, the podcast from way back in the day. Really? Yeah. This is, yeah, used... uh,
1: this is all new to me. I don't yeah. even know the name here. What's oh, going so on?
0: S- <laughs> Scott Robb wrote for the Inquirer, uh, not the Inquirer, Esquire mm-hmm. for a long time, a uh, long time Cleveland media guy. If you ever okay. see the documentary about the curse and of course they had to make an addendum because Cleveland literally won the championship that spring after the movie came out. Oh, um, Scott Robbs, you know, interviewed in it a lot. He, he was interviewed a lot back in the day about the Cavs. He's retired now. He wrote the book, the horror of Akron after LeBron left oh my
1: goodness (laughs) wow what a title
0: (laughs) yeah um but i got it if you want to if you want to borrow it i i can can loan it to you or give it to you you know i i don't ever have a problem giving away books but um no it, it was an interesting book for sure um he but one of the things was he said, "Yeah, Andy goes through a different dancer every month, <laughs> oh, the, or whoa. something, something along those lines." It whoa. was,
1: uh,
0: and whoa. I thought I was like, "Oh man, that that's a great line." I don't know if it's true, but it's a great line. So,
1: wow, <laughs> ladies' day. man and thats why they call him Wild Thing. Okay, <laughs> okay,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah, he did have a lot of fun with the Cavs, and he—he's but he's—he's he's a great guy, and he was a. A lot of fun, yeah. love del I love that he's gonna get to be with Deli. yeah um, yeah who who's his boy. I love that he's you know back with Kevin love, yeah, um, yeah, I, you know you know a, and that's a, that's good.
1: actually what I thought about is like you know that must be nice for love to have i mean you know just 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 a a guy he can relate to for a little bit, you know what I mean yeah. just in a in a tough part of the year in a tough stretch of the year for Kevin love. Uh, it's just kind of nice, you know, ha- that yeah. he has a connection, can share, can share some good memories with a guy.
0: Yeah. I mean, really the only real older vets on the Cavs are Deli, <laughs> Love and Prince. Yep. And with Love and with Prince and Deli out, it's like, who, who does Love even talk to on the bench? Right, <laughs>
1: right, right,
0: right, right. Um, And especially because he and Andre Drummond were really, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, an agent, agent, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it it's, that there's there's some good there i hope they have another veteran next year mm-hmm. um i don't know um w- there's a lot of people that said well do the Cavs buy kevin love out and i have yeah. a hard time seeing that yeah unless i i would think the cat that kevin love would have to give at least 10 million mm-hmm. for the Cavs to buy him out
1: yeah, uh, yeah because
0: otherwise it's not worth the savings. And the Cavs are not going to stretch pay, at least before the last year of his contract. You know, the earliest you'll see Kevin Love not in a Cavs uniform, unless he would agree to give significant money back, Mm -hmm. would be, you know, the trade deadline next year, amnesty Mm -hmm. him, stretch pay him. But I have a hard time (laughs) thinking that's going to happen. But the other side of that, he was 2 of 10 tonight for 7 points, you know, and he rebounded well and... But like you said they missed him on mismatches so many times and he wouldn't right. get the love just from no the yeah
1: I had a great conversation with a friend of the friend of the uh boards uh John B about love and it inspired me to go back and look at Minnesota's uh tape you know Minnesota highlights of Kevin mm-hmm. Love and it just it's What became clear to me is just the Cleveland coaching staff over the course of his entire career with the Cavs, they have never made anything close to an attempt to run anything resembling what Kevin Love did in Minnesota. And it's really sad because um, he's only 32 and we're paying him so much money. It's like, why aren't we just, you know, where's the where's just the basic base business urge to maximize your,
0: you your know, 30 invest- million dollar investment yeah <laughs>
1: yeah exactly and
0: you, you, one of the one well of the thing- i will say that's very difficult given his injury history.
1: no you're right absolutely exactly especially this year and and over the course of the last three years yeah yeah so there's some of that's some of that's a n- no fault of the calves but um but when he's playing uh I just don't see any reason why we can't just dump it down to his favorite spot on the left post and let him cook, you know. And yeah. and and what what it does, what one aspect of the game that's completely gone from Love's game that was there in Minnesota is offensive rebounding because well, he's hanging around in the post.
0: Well, I would say that's twofold. He's not as big as he was for sure. No, exactly. I mean, no, you're the yeah, mass right. and the yeah. muscle mass.
1: No, Yo, you're right.
0: Um, right. But he's also not as athletic. So.
1: Exactly. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, you're he was literally
0: right. a guy. I think he's got a 30 rebound game to his. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he was a guy. He had a, like a streak of 20 plus rebound games uh-huh. going at yeah. one point or oh 15 God, plus. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, he was an otherworldly. Yeah. Minnesota. He so.
1: just has a knack for it. He just has a knack for positioning and a yeah. knack for using his body to uh, To wall off um, uh, yeah. defenders, and and uh, I actually watched that thirty rebound game. Is funny you mentioned it. That was the exact game I watched, and he just scored like a good ten points off of tips, of just yeah. being in the right place at the right time around the basket, off a of miss. Yeah. And so, and but if you look at his stats with the Cavs, Two-thirds of his shot volume is coming from three, so well, he's, he's I, never in the paint. So. That's a
0: twofold issue. One, that's what the NBA is now. You're right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And two, that's the Cavs personnel. You Nobody runs a two-post offense anymore, or right. very right. few teams do. I mean, you, at the very worst, you're going to get a high-low. Mm-hmm. Um, which you've seen with Kevin at times. But, yep, yep, you're right. Yep. You know, when you've got Jared Allen and Larry Nance, it's very hard. Move him into the post. Although, I do think, you know, and I, I think the other thing that, you know, and maybe this is a good way to segue out of the podcast and or talk mm-hmm. about other things. But, sure. you know, we've talked about J.B. Bickerstaff a lot and just the problems he has coaching the Cavs offense. And it's really... You know, there's so many problematic tendencies we've talked about. The end of, you know, run. So I, I saw him run the same damn baseline out of bounds play today. <laughs> I, I was like, what are you? This is the same play I've watched all year. <laughs> um, and to the inbounders' credit, they threw it over to Jared Allen on the weak side in a crucial possession. But it's also like. Like what? What are we doing here? Let's run some different actions. (laughs) It's bad. I mean,
1: if if you go back, uh, I actually did a little bit of a dive on the Cavs offense, comparing it from last year to. It's gotten worse, a lot worse. Um, if you uh, if you adjust it, league adjusted, it's gotten a lot worse this past year. Uh, On the plus side for JB, and everybody knows this as well. I don't think I think it's common knowledge. Defense has gotten better, but. Do you attribute that to JB Bickerstaff or do you attribute that to the fact that we brought in some really nice defenders such as Andre Drummond, Jared Allen, Isaiah Hardrock Ardenstein? These yeah. are great defending centers. So I don't know if we can give too much credit. To yeah. And,
0: and better than you know? Tristan Thompson.
1: Yeah. Who, exactly. Who, I know. Or, or a, the yeah.
0: corpse of Tristan Thompson. So.
1: I know. Right. <laughs> you're, you're totally right. Uh, you know, thank you for the championship, TT. Uh, we'll yeah. never forget it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, he was totally. I'm glad washed. you got
0: paid in Boston.
1: <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Glad you, you know. But he is. I mean,
0: I, he, he's he not was, totally washed. He just is not the player he was.
1: Right, right. It's he's he's on the wrong side of 30. Right. He, he's a vet. Yeah, yeah. Well. Right.
0: And he just he did not age athletically the way Javale McGee did. Right. Who is yeah. just ridiculous how good of an athlete he is for his <laughs> yeah, age. yeah yeah thank
1: you for yeah thank you for mentioning mcgee i totally blanked out on well him. yeah as He's another amazing. plus yeah.
0: defender who yep
1: yep so the offense has gotten worse we brought in better personnel for defense so net what are what are we well, getting with JD? Part,
0: part of the offense getting worse i mean you're giving 40 36 minutes a night to okoro and parking right. in the
1: corner. No, you're right. Yeah, you know, great and
0: I don't think you can blame JB for Chetty Osmond's jumper just falling off a cliff. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um. Well, and also, uh, Love has missed the majority of this year.
0: Yeah. You know, where, and,
1: whereas he didn't last
0: year. Yeah, and the Cavs, you know, desperate need for... I feel like they may need a new shooting coach. and But offensively, they struggle a ton in... Do you stick with JB or do you make changes? I, I, yeah, I don't, I know. don't know. I don't know the
1: answer. Yeah, me neither. I don't I, know. I, I, I mean, like what's JB your feeling? I like
0: Bickerstaff the person. Yeah, um, yeah. I just, here's the thing. If the Cavs get a really high draft pick and they think that guy can be a star and they want to develop that player, I think you need a different philosophy for player development than just throw the guy out there and then the Cavs have authored in the last few years hundred um, percent agree. Yep. Especially because you're going to have at that point four guys who want mm-hmm. and, you know, between the rookie they have next year and the last four. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that becomes really hard to manage for, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. I think a guy that on the podcast and the I, Alex Jensen, mm-hmm. who's the top end assistant with Utah, who you know, running the most prolific three points in the league. Yep. Um, and did that when he was with the the charge, the very first charge coach. Wow. Th- those are, um, you know, those are ideas you got to look at. You got to look at um, Betsy, Becky Hammond. You got to mm-hmm. look at, um, oh, I'm I'm trying to think of who is the female assistant coach for the cat, Lindsay Gottlieb.
1: Yes, um, yes. You know,
0: a lot of people, especially the younger Cavs, really praise Lindsay Gottlieb and her player development. I. I think it would be a little bit of, but it's also difficult to let JB Biggerstaff go and promote a coach like that. So I don't know how you deal with that.
1: Right. Yeah. But, it's, it's, cause it's funny because I can tell, I can tell she, she, she's got it. She is one of the best communicators. Uh, bar none that I hear, uh, from, from the Cavs coaching staff. She is so on point, so clear, so insightful. And, uh, and also I've, 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 I've done a little bit of a dive on her, you know, just seeing what she says, you know, and getting a feel for who she is a person. I think she's got that. She, she's ambitious. She's gonna, I think she's gonna be a head coach one day. I really do. I, I w- I think, I'd
0: love to see it. I, yeah. I would love to see the first female yeah, NBA. It's head gonna. Coach. I mean, we're. It's just a matter
1: of time, right? Yeah.
0: No, and and if it's not Becky Hammond, it could be her. Yes. You know, I And, yep. and I could I, see even mm-hmm. Pop retiring, saying, mm-hmm. "Okay, put her in." You know. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. But it, it, it could be one of those two people. I mean, we already have our first female GM in Swin Cash. So yeah. Yeah
1: yeah that's yeah and uh and uh, uh i even uh this is a shout out to eg free buck <laughs> <laughs> free buck yeah there
0: you go free buck.
1: i mean i liked him too you know i, I thought did too. He i was... just
0: feel like jb bickerstaff may be reaching a point where the team is tuning him out um yeah. he just that their sets are too stale they need something fresh i
1: it's the I offense, don't know if it? he
0: can come back and then what's grow. your
1: feeling? What if you had to if you had to guess, you know, what what, what if you know um if, if you had he, to guess Yeah, I, I Is would he the say coach he, next year?
0: If I had to guess, I would say he's the coach next year, fired, you know. Somewhat early in the, <laughs> I I mean it just feels. I like feel like that's too the...
1: accurate. That's too yeah. accurate. <laughs> it, it, it just feels
0: like <laughs> this is what the Cavs do. You know, let the wheels fall off first, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean it just it, it's not as if there is not a precedent for this. You know, it just kind of seems like how the Cavs operate. Um, oh, oh wait, the Cavs are in a really odd position right now i mean the
1: last three co- the last three Cavs coaches have been fired
0: mid-season right um there was black blue or blue yeah. resigned it, it was still really in the firing. season though right it was still yeah. in season right yeah yeah okay. beeline in season yeah and then i'm trying to think of who was before that was it mike yeah. brown
1: uh it, yeah it was black or it was uh yeah it was black Black uh, was removed mid season, too, wasn't he? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Kyle And then, yeah. but before that was Mike Brown.
1: Yeah, Mike Brown. And yep. I think he and was Brian let go. Byron Scott?
0: My, yeah, and Byron Scott. <laughs> um, Yeah. The Cavs did not have an incredible have a, run. Well, and I don't, I got to go back and look and see when Byron Scott and Mike Brown 2.0 were let go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that Mike Brown has done two rounds with the Cavs. It's still. You yeah, know, the one of the funniest things, one of the things that I probably worked hardest on in my entire Cavs career was a 5,000-word coaching almanac of all the coaches that Cavs could have hired. And then ooh, like ooh. the afternoon I posted it, it was they hired freaking Mike Brown. <laughs> no way. Oh my yeah, goodness. Yeah, and this was no like way. and I did like deep dives. I had David Fisdale in there. I had Brad Stevens was my top choice before the Cavs, before the Celtics even hired him. Um, I had, you know, it was, I had Monty Williams, I think. I can't remember. Um, Yeah, no, I did have Monty Williams. I mean, it was just like all these guys that would have been just such great hires. Um, You know, Nate Tibbetts was in there, I think. And it was just like, no, we're going to hire Mike Brown. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) <laughs> what is happening? They just wanted to stick it to you, Nate. <laughs> they, just wanted to, they just wanted to bring back the smell of the fart face. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but, I mean, so... yeah, it just seems like par for the course for the Cavs. So yeah, whoever is the a good Cavs prediction. assistant at the beginning of next season, yeah. um, if JB's still the head coach, I feel like he's got really good odds of being the next Cavs head coach. So, yeah. Yeah, so. and I and I forgot Larry Drew in there. So he did, oh, yeah. Larry Drew oh, did coach no. the Cavs for half a season. He they just opted not to renew his contract. Right, so right, yeah. technically, the last three head coaches are not were not replacements. Okay, okay,
1: okay. there we go. Yeah, you're, you're right.
0: You're right. Or they were right. mid season replacements. I think if you say <laughs> one of those two things happened. Then, yeah, that's probably the case.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Uh, well, uh, we're, we're going to uh, next year, next year, we're going to remember this. And I'm going to, Nate called it. Nate, oh, Nate, yeah. Nate called it. I know.
0: So. I, I hope I'm not right. I, hope I
1: know. I know. I, you're I, right. That would <laughs> mean they're not
0: being successful at that point. Yep. So yep. I'm, I'm not rooting for that. So yep. Yep. I, I'm only rooting for entertaining losses until the end of this year. Okay, so, okay. This season,
1: good to hear, so. good to hear. Yeah, I know, because you've always been a win, you've always been a win Oh, guy, I know, so, I just you know, feel
0: like this year is so ridiculous that it's right, like... Right, you're making I an exception, d- okay. I, I, it's so ridiculous, and it's such a weird year that it's like there is... I, I don't care how they finish the season, just, you know... I don't want the eighth pick, I guess, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. <laughs> what the worst part about it is, is like, I'm one of these guys, and I, I, I said it today, it really is a case of who you draft and how you develop that person mm-hmm. much more than it is a case of where you draft. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like the Cavs are so bad at drafting the farther down yes. they get in the draft. They're just not a team that My ever finds diamonds in the... My you know.
1: God. Like, how do you pass? you? I mean, you called it. Tyrese Halliburton, what the heck? Like you watch five minutes of his highlights, and you know that kid can ball.
0: Oh yeah, or I mean, and there was so many late draft picks this year, but Ty Halliburton. I mean, I I think my all time favorite. You know, the year that they drafted uh, Anthony Bennett, which everybody said was terrible, but then. <laughs> At, like, the 18th pick, they passed on Rudy Gobert to draft Sergey Karasev, who was oh. out of the league after a season. <laughs> I mean, that's just like, oh. talk about just throwing away a draft pick.
1: Oh, you know? oh man. Oh, man. Well. Yeah. Oh.
0: Same draft right. that Giannis came out in, too. I mean. Right. Right. I mean, I don't think anybody thought he was going to be the player he was. He came out, but it was also yeah. like, you know, maybe trade back or trade up or, you know. No, we're just going to take this Russian scrub who is terrible. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. oh, But, and, I mean, we'll see, you know, maybe. But the funny thing is, is the Cavs have always had good success with undrafted free, or often had good success with them. You know. It's
1: really weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, picked up Wade, picked up Stevens. I, man, you go ahead. <laughs> oh, oh, not man.
0: just those guys. You've yeah. got um Dele, right.
1: Oh, no, yeah, you're right. Free Absolutely. Agent. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who... You remember how Deli got on the team, right? Or how he got spotted was they, um, what was it? Uh, Mike Brown saw him playing his kid against St. Mary's.
1: <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not. And <laughs> oh wow,
0: <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? Oh my goodness, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, he was practicing with his kid, and that's how they signed him. It was that's crazy. funny.
1: That's so yeah. funny.
0: So anyway, I think we we've pretty much beaten the Cavs into the ground. What do we yeah. got coming up on the schedule here? We've got uh, what do we, did you say, eight games left?
1: Yeah, we uh, Trailblazers tomorrow night.
0: Yeah, and Fun. that's not going to be an easy one, although. Yeah. Well, and you're going to hear a lot of super weird. Does Kevin Love want to be a Trailblazers? Which are oh, so ridiculous because yeah. the Trailblazers just absolutely cannot afford to trade. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we got two games against Dallas, Indiana, Boston, Washington, and Brooklyn. And that Brooklyn game is probably the only winnable game out of that stretch. Might that maybe yeah. Boston, who's playing terrible,
1: right, right, and, and right. maybe
0: Washington if they've clinched, and only Brooklyn because they'll probably be rested. Yeah, so.
1: yeah, yeah. So it's going to be brutal, but I mean. But Let's see, there, more there of is a, a race
0: to the bottom in the NBA right now. So right, the right, Cavs right. are tied with three teams for fourth place right now. Oh, boy. It's pretty exciting.
1: There we go. <laughs> and then, you know, entertaining losses and some growth from a Coro. Yeah, right, I w- I
0: w- I'd love to see more of what we saw from a Coro.
1: Yeah, that would be nice, and you know, hopefully uh, uh, Sexton, as uh, as uh, off criticized as he is, his passing the last two games has had a, has a, had a uptick. So yeah, maybe needs that to get continue. those
0: turnovers down. But yes, yep, yep. So and then, um, yeah, anything to pitch? Anything? Uh, uh, uh I I, I any know that crazy you guys stories. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I know you guys pitch things, and uh, uh um. Uh, the one thing I could, I, the only thing I could think of the pitch was, uh, um, I'm a big fan of PC music. Um, and, uh, uh, tragically, one of they, tragically, they lost one of their artists, uh, by the name of DJ Sophie. Um, okay. so she, what is
0: PC? What is PC? PC
1: music is basically, a, a, a produ- It's a, a, 2010 production, uh, team. They produce pop hits, basically. They've been producing okay. pop hits for various artists and stuff like that, but really didn't break until recently. And uh, in, in, in it's, it's pop music, but a little bit stranger than pop music. Um, okay. and, uh, and the big name that they had was DJ Sophie. She was an incredible artist, um, nominated for a Grammy for her album, uh, I believe Pearl of the Unsides or something like that. Uh, she, she was, uh, and she was, uh, she was, a uh, um, she was a very introverted artist that, uh, basically, um, no one knew who she was and didn't do her first public appearance until like 2019 after years of making music. And she, uh, came out as a trans woman um, after a lot of criticism uh, about, uh, female appropriation, oddly enough. Uh, so, uh, she, she, uh, um, she was an amazing artist. She passed away this year, this past year, uh, she was vacationing in Greece, um, and, um, and, uh, somehow had a tragic accident, um, in late, uh, January in Greece and, uh, she there's a ton of uh, unreleased work that she's done um and a lot of artists like uh, uh Tyler the Creator uh Charlie Xex um Rihanna she a, a lot of artists are a fan of hers and so just a tremendous loss for the music of those that like pop music and stuff like that and uh, weird pop pop music. That's what I got since I think that it's when I've listened to you guys, it's usually comes back to music. So I wanted to have a, a music thing on tap. So that, that was the thing is, uh, check out her album, uh, DJ Sophie's, uh, album, Pearl of the Unsides, uh, and, uh, May She Rest
0: nice thank you
1: yeah yeah no Um, problem no problem so i i I, you guys always had great uh and uh interesting uh uh, you know uh artists to pitch so yeah i i I I think my
0: my my i've been watching this show called invincible or invincible on um prime and it's uh jk simmons uh voices uh omni man who is a superhero from another planet and his son is just coming into his powers and it 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 kind of starts out as a very typical superhero justice league kind of story and then takes some very interesting turns very quickly and they do a really good job of world in it and the character Steven Yoon is the son um you know who played Glenn in the walking dead um Sander O oh, uh plays his mom uh it, it's wow. a really good uh voice acting cast and it, it's a really well written show. The art's really cool. It is a little gory at times, but <laughs> it's a really interesting show. So I've I appreciate
1: that warning. <laughs> yeah, personally. Yeah,
0: <laughs> as an animated show, there's a there's a lot of blood. <laughs> um, it, it, it's really well done, and awesome. I will say the other thing that I wanted to pitch. You know, been on a big tragically hip kick lately. Mm-hmm. Speaking of people who've passed, uh, I can't Gordy. I can't remember um uh, but i'm a big tragically hip fan so i've been on a kick for them and then i wanted to say today is cory huey's birthday so i'm thinking about you Corey. That's and uh yes. and as always lost
1: too many My we have
0: lost too many but as always go calves and en- right. enjoy the rest of the season and right. you know and if we're not here to have fun what are we <laughs> and then <laughs> now i gotta it. what was the sound clip i gotta Pit, I had oh, to play Anchorman, right? Yeah, it, I gotta was... got play Anchorman for Steph Curry, so okay. I'll do that on the way out. Alright, deep down in my stomach with every inch of me I pure straight hate you. But God damn it, do I respect you? Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs Podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire Lost your home